Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Michelle Green. Michelle is the Executive Vice President and Chief Information Officer and Global Business Services Head at Cardinal Health, a healthcare services company and the 14th highest revenue generating company in the United States with more than $180 billion in annual revenue. In her role, Michelle leads Enterprise IT, Fuse, the company's commercial technology engine, and Global Business Services, the team that's responsible for defining and running globally integrated processes across the company, as well as driving business improvement and process simplification. Prior to her time at Cardinal Health, Michelle was the Vice President of Information Technology at Masco Corporation. Michelle, welcome to Technovation. It's great to see you today. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a great pleasure. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Well, Michelle, uh, maybe I gave just a thumbnail sketch as to Cardinal Health's very uh, complex business, a, a, a colossus to say the least. Uh, maybe if you could add a few more details as to the business that you're in, I'd be, be interested in hearing it in your voice, please. Yes. So again, as you pointed out, large, complex business. We have our pharma segment around distribution. We also have a medical segment around our medical products. And then we have just our overall corporate headquarters. So when you think about pharma distribution, also think about our specialty and our nuclear business. When you think about our medical segment, think about our at-home business, as well as our cardinal market business. So great, great businesses, but as you said, a lot of complexities. <laughs> and, and I mentioned also you're the EVP and CIO, as well as the head of global business services. Talk a bit about the different parts of your responsibilities, if you would. It's not a traditional, well, you do have aspects of a traditional CIO role, but there's some more to it than just that. Absolutely. When you think about my role, I feel that although it's non-traditional, more so I know other CIO roles that have the same type of pieces and parts. So now within this role, I have digital, a digital office. The global business services that you spoke to, but we are tying that all to our opportunities to recruit greater talent offshore, nearshore, to be able to help us to align with the business initiatives that are out there for us to tackle. Then, of course, you have your traditional things of infrastructure and security and those types of things. But then we have our fuse business, which is our commercial technology. So I think the opportunity and the advantage that I have is to not only focus internally but also have some focus externally, but figuring out how we can leverage and find synergies between the technology platforms that we're implementing. Very interesting. And do you, you mentioned the different parts of your responsibilities. Do those have separate teams associated with each of those as well? Yes, you would. So you would think about it. I have SVP level leaders reporting into me. So I have an SVP that's responsible for our digital office, one that will be the CIO and SVP for our med, one is the CIO and SVP for Pharma. I have an SVP for Fuse, the commercial technology business. And then I also have an SVP that's my CISO. Got it. So Very that everything kind of lines up and reports into those leaders. That's interesting. And so there are aspects that align with different operating companies, business units of the organization, but you also have some aspects, obviously, that cut across them as well. So there, there's some that, that, that are vertical, some that are horizontals. Am I understanding that correctly? You are understanding that correctly. And just give one example to make sure that we do stay on the same page is when you think about the Fuse commercial technology business, there's infrastructure that they require there are other application platforms that they require, and maybe those are coming from more of a shared service-like model. 
The same thing will happen with the data and analytics platform. We've worked to try to centralize more our data and analytics, anything digital, automation, and our AI space. In those spaces, you may find that you need support from other teams. So what we're looking to now is how can we expand an enterprise mindset across all of my leaders so that we don't get so siloed and kind of single focused. That's excellent. And so they're identifying where appropriate opportunities to make a single investment that impact uh, the broadest part of the organization. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I like that. And talk a little bit, the, really interesting, the, the breakdown that you had there in terms of the, the different parts of technology. And I would love to get a little bit more into the details of, of your Fuse uh, organization, if you would. I, I find that fascinating, the commercial technology uh, that, that's being developed. So yours is an organization that's actually commercializing some of the technology uh, that's being produced. Can you give us some examples of that and the work that's done there? Yes. Yeah, so if you think about our outcomes business, so we have our patients outcomes business, we have Synexis. We're also doing some work just looking around our cell and gene therapy and activities. Mm -hmm. So these are all areas. Also, if you think about now, even not just commercial technologies, but also if you think about many times we're having issues that happen internally that we want to see how we can avoid it going forward. So if I give an example with chargebacks or something in our finance, if it comes down to pricing or things like that, we're able to look at it internally and maybe the commercial technology business can help us. How do we avoid this going forward? So if you kind of look at, we've got teams that are focused on fixing a problem and a team that's focused on how do we avoid the problem, in addition to these other commercial technologies that we're looking at. Michelle, thanks for that. That's a really interesting overview. There's something you mentioned in your response that I found very interesting. You talked about specialty solutions and outcomes. And I wonder if you could maybe peel back the onion a little bit further to offer some examples of that, to bring that to life to, for folks who may be a little less familiar with it. Absolutely. So when you talk about our specialty solutions, talk about Decision Path, which is a first of its kind solution built into the electronic health records, providing real-time visibility into our patients' out-of-pocket expenses. It helps oncologists make high-quality treatment choices to reduce the burden of financial toxicity. When you talk about episode analytics, it's a data-driven cost tracking tool that enables oncologists to accurately measure the cost of care at the start of and during the episode of care. Peter, for both of those, I think the important piece there is the focus on out-of-pocket expenses and patient care. That's where getting up every day, you recognize that what we do really does matter. When we were talking about outcomes, our Outcomes Connected platform is a digital ecosystem. And it connects our pharmacists, our payers, and our pharmaceutical companies to maximize clinical opportunities. And we mitigate the challenges of medication non-adherence and common and costly problems. Both of these, we have a team, as we spoke earlier, my Fuse team, they work on these solutions along with the business. And it's just a great opportunity for us to marry business problems along with technology. That's very good. And you, you mentioned you, of course, also have the digital office. Talk yes. a bit about the, the differences between Fuse and the digital office itself. Is the, the difference um, sort of an external versus internal set of um, areas of focus? Is it, is it um, more complex than that? Yes. What I would tell you is it doesn't need to be looked at as an either or, but more of an and. 
Mm. When you think about Fuse, the biggest difference, as we pointed out, is you have commercial technology versus internal. But when you look at the two areas, there's more collaboration between the two teams than them having to work separately. And so that's one of the things that I'm really trying to drive home with the team is that where we have opportunities to select a solution or select a technology, how do we take advantage of that technology all the way across? Very interesting. And you mentioned you've got multiple CIOs within your organization as well as a CTO. Talk a bit about the collaboration across those. As you mentioned, the, the fact that you're looking to uh, weave more common means of doing things where appropriate. I, I can only imagine that you have a lot of collaboration across those leaders, as you mentioned before, to make sure that the silos don't become hardened, that you're not investing in the same thing multiple times, perhaps with different technologies. How does that governance work across the different bodies and the leaders that, are, that, that report through to you? And I think that starts with me. It's my responsibility to make sure I am implementing a culture where we work tightly as a leadership team. I think that means we have to share more, be more transparent with the activities that are happening in our various spaces, because it's so easy for the CIO of MED to be head down worried about MED, pharma's head down worried about pharma. We need to start looking at this more as the good of overall enterprise technology versus our own little spaces. And it definitely will take some time. As you say, Cardinal is a large and a complex organization, and it's easy for you to lean into kind of the master that you're serving, whether it's on the med side, the farmer side, or the corporate side. And I'm just hoping that if we can start having a bit more transparency as a leadership team, we'll better understand the challenges that one another are having. And you mentioned earlier, uh, Michelle, the necessity to find great, talented people to drive all that you've described. Needless to say, you can have great technology. If you don't have great people, then it's not worth very much. And this is a time where uh, you know organizations are, are having trouble at times. Just there, there's a real war for talent that continues. And I wonder your own perspectives on how best to attract great people to the mission that, that you and the, the broader organization have. I would say one of the things that we had to really start embracing during the COVID was flexibility. Mm -hmm. I know I think many companies went through this, things that you might not have thought you could be as flexible about, you had to change that mindset. So number one, we're trying to be a bit more flexible. We don't necessarily have to recruit right in our backyard and have flexibility that we can use the entire U.S. to try to find talent and abroad. That's one. Number two, being intentional about the type of talent that we're bringing. Yeah. And then I think the biggest thing is how do we continue to re-engage, re-recruit, and make sure that we're continuing to engage the talent that we have? Mm -hmm. That's where it actually needs to start. So our HR partners have been working with us to do things like stay interviews, to understand why do people stay? And if they're staying or if they've ever considered maybe looking at other opportunities externally, what drove that and how we can make adjustments as an organization. We have things like our Digital U platform, which offers courses, classes, opportunities, certifications that we can make sure that we continue to reinvest in our people and retrain. It is all about the focus, the energy, and being intentional about the people that we have today. I do think we can get very, very comfortable with the talent that we have. And then there's this assumption that people will not leave. Cardinal has a long history of very long tenure. That is great. But if we don't take care of that talent 
and continue to feed and nurture that talent, then people will find other opportunities outside. Yeah, very interesting. And I know that you're also very passionate of making sure that yours is a diverse workforce as well. Um, talk a bit about some of your efforts there. What what has worked well in uh, um, your attempts to continue to diversify the workforce that you have? I would say to start historically and even now, as you know, we've recently had a new CEO named at Cardinal, Jason Holland. Prior to that, Mike Kaufman was there. Mike Kaufman's instilled a culture of DEI. Jason has stepped right into that. There is a large focus as a leadership team. We have a responsibility around our DEI efforts, making sure that as leaders, we understand what it means to bring in diverse talent, having diversity of thought, maybe sometimes leaning in and not doing your just traditional type promotions of individuals, individuals that have the right skill sets, the right capabilities, are there things that we can lean in as an organization and they can learn something as they move into a new opportunity and a new role because there's benefit on the backside for the individual and the company. DE&I is one of those things that I know sometimes it's a tough topic. And being completely transparent, sometimes people say they don't understand it. You would think about DE&I and people immediately go to gender or color. We need to make sure that this is about diversity of thought. How do we do things differently? How do we engage innovation? How do we just do some out-of-the-box thinking? That's what brings about true diversity. I know many times, you know, I'll give you a very good example. Right now, I have a leadership team, and my leadership team today is mostly males. But I think about the diversity that we're still allowed around the table because we all come from different positions. We've all moved in organizations in different ways. We've worked in different organizations. Some have had different career paths through Cardinal. So we have diversity. But I do agree that where there is an opportunity to have color, gender, and diversity of thought, then you kind of got the Super Bowl of a leadership team. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I know um, externally, you're also very much involved with multiple organizations that have these as as uh, you know, mandates, missions as well. You're a member of, uh, of Chief. Uh, you're involved with Black women on boards. Can you talk a bit about some of the work that's being done there that you're involved in um, that might inspire others to, to get involved as well? Yep. So I'm actually a member of Chief and then a member of Black Women on Boards, but I'm also a member of the Board of Goodwill, mm. Southeastern Wisconsin, and also a member of the Board of Green Path. And ah. with all of those, there's some intentional focus either around women or people of color. But then when you talk about Goodwill, it's just about the community. It is all about the community. Goodwill is a very large organization. But again, what they found originally as a board is that their board did not represent the community they were serving. Mm -hmm. So that's where opportunities come for many of these nonprofit boards. And then when you think about something like Chief, I joined and agreed to be a member of Chief because Chief represents for such a long time, you did not have as many women that had seats at the table. I do believe that that is changing. The world has embraced it. It has been intentional about seeking out women in these leadership roles. And then when you think about Black women on boards, again, one of those things that we have conversations, you just had very little minority representation on boards. And so this is an opportunity for these women to not only have support, connections, and opportunities to be prepared for board seats, but also understanding how do we build generational wealth going forward? 
So I just think all of those things collectively, I'm a big proponent of being a strong leader is more about just what you do at your desk every day from eight to five. It is about truly being well-rounded, whether it's engagement in your community or being intentionally engaged in your outside development. Yeah. Well, and and uh, it's certainly not lost on me that you are representative of that diversity. You are uh, uh, in a field that has been underrepresented by women and and uh, people and women of color. Uh, you represent both those, and I wonder what have been some of the the difference makers in your own career. Um, what have been the secrets to your success at a time where you know your ascent was very very unusual? Um, would I would love to understand you know some of the things that that made a big difference for you on your on your pathway to becoming a, a chief information officer and executive vice president at such an important company as yours? And what I would say is number one on the list is self awareness. It is so important for us to be self aware about where we have strength and where we have opportunity. Number two, not being afraid to ask for support and for help. As an example, I've had a coach now since like 2008. And this is someone that's not about telling me what I want to hear, but being that person to tell me exactly what I need to hear on being on this journey with me. I've been intentional about having a coach that is external to any job that I've had because I feel like then that person's sole focus is around me and my well-being. So how do I become better as a leader? You have to be clear about where you need to develop and take that responsibility. You know, so many times, Peter, I have people say, you have a coach and you paid for that? And I'm like, yes, but we'll pay for a trainer when we want to lose weight. We'll pay for someone to do your hair or a stylist to find you the right outfits to wear. We have to make sure that things that are truly important and if you're serious about your career development or development as a leader, you have to embrace that and be ready to do it. Uh, there's a quote that I've used a few times because it resonates so much with me. Maya Angelou said, ask for what you want and be prepared to get it. I think so many times there are things that we want, but we have to make up our minds that we're going to do the work to get ourselves there. And because I've been true to that and been able to stand in my truth around that, that's how I've had the success that I've had this far and hopefully continue to have. What an inspirational story. Thank you so much for sharing that. I wondered also, Michelle, as you look to the future, what are some trends that excite you? You know, you, 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 um, as you've already mentioned with the team that you lead, you and they are, uh, regularly looking around corners, thinking about what the future holds and opportunities uh, for you and they to seize on behalf of Cardinal Health to do some special things. What are some of the things that are beginning to make their way on your roadmap that have you very excited? Things that have me excited is about, we talk a lot. You know, I, I told someone the other day, this word transformation, it's so great and so big and so grandiose. And that's really about having a plan, having a vision and executing. So I am excited about having a team that wants to figure out how we can support the business with automation, how we can use automated intelligence, how we can be more predictive with the data that we have. We have so much data, but it's easy to be reactive, run a report, understand the data, but how can we help the business see ahead? How can we outpace our competitors? How can it be that our business is just excited to partner with us and work with us? I know you can appreciate this, Peter. So many times in IT, we've got all these shiny objects and we want to force them on everybody. I don't want it to feel like we're doing things to our business. I want it to be that we're working with our business. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that get me excited. I'm honored and I have a great opportunity being in this seat and 
My team has been rallying. They've given me great support where I don't understand something or I'm not as smart in a space. I've got people on my team that are willing to lift me up and we have conversations about it. So I'm just excited about this opportunity. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I love there's a thread through our conversation about the need for greater collaboration and, and engagement and, and uh, drawing wisdom from people across the organization as we grow in our own roles and as we identify the, the plans for the future. It's really inspiring, Michelle, to hear you talk about that. You know, Peter, I recently said my the one of the first conversations I had with my CEO, Jason, I said to him, Jason, just know with me, you can shoot it straight. If there's something I need to do differently, tell me. If there's something that my team needs to do differently, tell me. You can't fix a secret. And what I'm finding with my team is that as leaders, we have vice presidents and directors and managers. We want these people to grow up and to develop into these higher levels and through the organization, but we don't always give them the tools that they need to do that. If we would share more with them, be more transparent with them where possible, then they're more prepared for the next opportunity. So for me, the collaboration and the engagement just become clear. And there are very few things that I really need to hide from you or shelter you from. Giving the exposure in the appropriate doses, I think just makes us have a stronger base within the organization. That's fantastic. Yeah, gosh, I love that. You can't work on a secret. <laughs> and it's important to be <laughs> candid and open and 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 direct in your feedback. No doubt respectful, but making sure that you are, uh, um, if there are issues that those get on the table at the, at the point at which they, they can be acted upon. That's just, just great advice, really great wisdom. Well, Michelle Green, thank you so much for joining me on Technovation today. Thank you so much for sharing a bit about your journey, your current role, the very exciting things that you and your team are doing, your perspectives on building a really great uh, team that you have as well uh, in, in the variety of topics that we covered. It's really been an inspiring conversation. Thank you. All right, Peter, thank you so much for the opportunity and wishing you a great rest of your day. Thank you, you too.